sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. Well, one of the front center religious freedom issues of the day is what about people of faith who have religious objections to getting vaccinated? Our guest today is Brad Dacus, an attorney and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, a California-based national association, I guess primarily Christian attorneys, and they've been very actively assisting those with religious objections to the vaccine. Brad, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Oh, thank you. It's great to be on the program. I appreciate it. So, you know, maybe the place to start here is talk to us about the kinds of religious objections. I mean, there's a lot, there's certainly a lot of different reasons that people are reluctant to take the vaccine. And I get that, you know, Americans don't have a lot of confidence in government sometimes or in the pharmaceutical industry. And there's some pretty good reasons why people are dubious. Uh, said that, you know, I myself am vaccinated, can't wait to get the booster. You know, my church is a supporter of the vaccine, but You know, we also don't like to see people losing their jobs because of their faith. Right. So maybe that's a nuanced position because we believe both in public health and the vaccine and we believe in religious liberty. So let's start the conversation with um, what are some of the reasons why people have not secular, but religious objections to the vaccine? Right. Um, And I think that's a real, real good point. There are some people who have uh, for example, medical and health issues. They've already had COVID. They already have uh, the antibodies. Uh, that's a medical health exemption, very distinct from the religious exemption. And we at Pacific Justice Institute right now are representing a wide spectrum of different kinds of occupations where, for example, we have a, a lawsuit filed against the uh, LAPD, the city of Los Angeles, Mayor Garcetti, on behalf of police officers uh, up in Washington State our, in our, our office there where uh, suing on behalf of firefighters who are being laid off, uh, who have religious convictions and being rejected. In uh, Detroit, Michigan, we're filing a lawsuit on behalf of nurses and doctors. Another lawsuit's been filed in uh, New York City on behalf of uh, nurses uh, wanting uh, protection based on religious convictions. Uh, and then we have lots of individual cases all over the country uh, dealing with all kinds of people, a manager at Trader Joe's. It's interesting. They all have different, a lot of often different angles, but it, they have one thing in common, that's sincerity, you know, very provable sincerity of their faith. So what are some of the reasons they give? Like some people, for example, particularly those from a Catholic background, um, have raised the, the aborted fetal tissue argument. There's, you know, there's not actual aborted fetal tissue in the vaccine, but there's a, a stem cell line, if you will, that has been utilized, has derived from aborted fetal tissue about 40 or 48 years ago. And so many people say, by taking the vaccine, I'm participating in something that was terrible, okay? And they, they talk about that. They talk about what the Bible says about the sanctity of human life and their convictions and their conscience and following the Holy Spirit. Then another separate angle is the fact that their body is the Lord's temple. And they've prayed about this. They have sought the Lord's direction on this. Their body, they take very seriously. 
and they feel convicted that God does not want them to have either vaccines in general or specifically this vaccine, and they make their arguments. And then you also have which the very general argument, which I include, every, all of them include this kind of discussion, which is, you know, to what extent do they, you know, do they have a personal relationship with the Lord that in the past they've sought the Lord's direction and they've prayed and they felt convicted by the Holy Spirit? Uh, and to talk about that relationship and talk about the extent to which they've prayed about this, the extent they feel convicted by the Holy Spirit and uh, or the language that they use. Some people have different, you know, terminology. But um, and to really you know into that, and then use lots of scriptures, no matter what their point, lots of scriptures to back it up. And if they're Catholic, to use quotations from uh, you know the the actual Catholic Church, the, the catechisms, the, the you know the language that they have, uh, which is real important considering the Pope gave his opinion, which still does not negate the teachings of the Catholic Church to follow your conscience and not violate your conscience. You know, it strikes me that the notion that this is how God is leading me is something that, you know, what do you do with that if you're a defense attorney, right? If it's a personal conviction. Right. Uh, I was counseling a Sufi client who, in her religious tradition, you know, she prayed and she believes that this is what God led her to do. And she faced considerable hostility from, from management over that. And I suspect she may even have a harassment claim, but certainly that hostility is good evidence of discriminatory animus. Uh, whether or not it, uh, you know, it arises to the level of, you know, harassment. Um, but I do think it's really important to establish the sincerity of religious belief. Yes. What about on the other side? You know, these are accommodation cases and the law permits employers to to deny an accommodation if they can show an undue hardship. What are some of the considerations that come? Um, well, what are some of the objections that you see employers raising in terms of those undue hardship arguments? Yeah, I think some of the most uh, the most difficult to challenge as far as when those are raised, those undue hardship, is when we're dealing with the medical profession, uh, we're dealing with, uh, say, an RN, a nurse, uh, or a surgeon who is dealing with, you know, patients in ICU, and, you know, they're, uh, you know, it can be very problematic, it may add an element of risk, arguably, to the equation, in very sensitive situations. Um, that's probably one of the most difficult. But even then, we at Pacific Justice Institute, we challenged uh, Children's Hospital of Orange County that were, they were saying, you know, everyone has to be vaccinated. And we contested that. Our attorney uh, just did an absolutely jam, great job, Jan Watkins, on this. And at the end of the day, they said, okay, um, those generally nurses, uh, doctors, uh, you need to have a test once, you know, once a week. Uh, we'll pay for the test, you know, a saliva test and uh, wear a mask. And they said, and those doing ICU or surgery twice a week. And that seemed very reasonable, very practical, um, you know, for uh, this, you know, the situation. Uh, you know, um, but one thing that is disturbing, though, is that if they try to use that argument, undue burden, and they're trying to apply it to someone who's already had COVID, very problematic for the employer. Because there's now 120 studies that are recognized by the CDC, 120, that make it very clear and even acknowledged by the CDC that those who have the antibodies, those who've had COVID, have a stronger, deeper, and complete immunity, natural immunity, than anything that any of these vaccines can give. Uh, dramatically different. In fact, those with the vaccines uh, still have a 5% transmission rate. 
those who've had COVID and have the antibodies have a 0% transmission rate. So that's something that is can be very problematic for employers who treat people who are unvaccinated, who've had COVID the same as those who are just simply unvaccinated. From, I think the liability-wise, I think they have a very difficult time uh, defending that in a wrongful termination case. Well, you know, I've been prone to saying, Brad, that, um, you know, there are situations like, like healthcare where I think the judges would be reluctant to second guess management's decision to say, you know, we've got to really put protection of the patients first. But, but having said that, increasingly we're finding healthcare systems that are providing these accommodations. I know our, our own Seventh-day Adventist Hospital in Loma Linda, California, a very significant regional hospital there, they are granting religious accommodation requests and requiring testing twice a week, and everybody in the hospital is wearing masks. So, you know, to the extent that, you know, these accommodations in healthcare prove successful, it's going to undermine the argument of others, well, you know, we have to enforce the mandate across the board. You know, now, the one case where I told someone I was counseling that um, I thought he would be on legal ground if he's not accommodated was someone who was providing, he was a teacher's aide for disabled uh, special ed students in LA Unified School District. And he said that his work with kindergartners was very much very physical, that they, you know, had physical disabilities and needed a lot of uh, physical assistance. And of course, this is a population that, uh, at least, in, uh, you know, up until now, have not been eligible for vaccines. And so, you know, if you have a vulnerable population and, and you're having to work in close physical proximity with them, uh, I'm doubtful that judges want to second guess that sort of thing. Right. If an employer denies it. Yeah, I, the, the counter argument that we that I would make in that is simply that the mortality rate, the death rate for kids, you know, five five the age of five, is actually higher for those who get the flu than those who get the COVID. Um, the risk is so so minor, and we don't require kids at that age to wear masks so they don't get the flu. So I would contend that as far as children and youth, unless there's someone who has underlying certain conditions, immune issues, serious respiratory issues. Um, I think that that's I think that's a real strong point is looking at the actual risk element of the children versus someone saying an ICU. But as far as the uh, the sincerity of religious beliefs, there is one point I want to make really clear because I've seen a lot of misunderstandings on this if I can, and that is a lot of people out there we discovered are using these pre-made forms, you know, that someone else wrote, made all the religious arguments. This is what you know I believe, and then they sign their name on the form and they send it in. And that, I think, is a disaster waiting to happen because it doesn't really prove sincerity if someone else wrote it. And they may not even know the person who wrote it, and they're just signing their name to it. And this, you know, employers are getting these, like Kaiser Permanente, and they've just announced, we're not going to accept these. Right. We wanted to express the heart of the person. And so we're trying to do everything we can to get this out. And that's one reason why on our website, if you don't mind me mentioning this now. Um, yeah, please do. On our website, we have put a lot of work at Pacific Justice to on our website is pji.org and people can click for employers can click what they need to do employees specifically what they need to do to have a strong religious exemption request the military personnel college students and real important is parents 
or what they can do in view of, of a state mandate requiring their children to be vaxxed, like in states like California, that we think other states are going to follow. The good news is there is a real answers that people can look to, get real solid instruction to give themselves a very strong defense and possibility to avoid having the vaccine. The military is the most problematic, but we have on there all the guidelines for all the major branches of the military. But I strongly encourage people to take advantage of this. It's very well done. It's a pji.org. We even talk about what to do when, once you're denied. If you're denied, we have a button to click for that too. And we all talk about that, including filing with the EEOC. We've helped many, many already do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly agree with you. The use of a form letter is absolutely disastrous. And that's been our experience as well. And so we have also said, look, you have to put your request in your own words. And I've helped people to to shape the request. But, you know, I had one caller who was like, Alan, tell me what I'm supposed to put on my accommodation request. And I said, well, it's supposed to be your sincerely held religious belief. And he's like, well, what is my belief? I'm like, well, it's got to be your belief, not my belief. You know, what's your belief? Right. (laughs) You know, and I can't tell you what you believe. You tell me what you believe, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I have used the approach, the question approach, Socratic method. And I'll say, so what's your concern about this? Is is it may, it may what? It may kill you? You know, well, okay, so why is that that? Well, they'll say, well, because, um, you know, God gave me life and well, life's important. Good point to uh, stop on, Brad, because we're out of time. We've been talking about accommodating religious objectors to the COVID vaccine with Brad Dacus, president of Pacific Justice Institute. Thanks. And as we close, remember, at Freedom Spring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. That's churchstate.org. And be sure to listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rennock. Until next week, let freedom ring.